With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. Joined today by my faithful co-host, we got Nate Christian, Phil Porkman Simmons, and Chevin Nooney. How's everybody doing today? Doing pretty good. It's always a good time when you get to listen to that music. That's right. That's yeah. good stuff, isn't it? So sweet. So I do apologize yeah. to anyone listening. I'm a little congested, a little nasally, so just going to kind of try to power through it here. So please bear with me. I might be muting myself a bunch too, but here we go. So today we're going to be talking about some overhyped running backs. You know, some guys get a lot of hype. Some guys don't. The little Michael P. Ryans of the world don't get the hype that they should. Nothing? No? Okay. Um, about Guys that we think are just a little bit overrated, but we'll tell you why. Don't worry about it. So, you know, why do we think? Are the expectations too high? Is it the year? Is it the offense? Is it? The weapons around him. So, Nate, since you love talking about running backs so much, love we're going to go ahead and start with you. Yep. You're overhyped running back. Yeah, Bob wasn't happy about this one. Um, even though I guess it, you know, I'm, I'm kind of actually saying that the Green Bay Packers have more than one good running back because I'm saying that Aaron Jones is overhyped. And, I, you know, to be quite transparent, I don't think there's a ton of hype out there about Aaron Jones. Like, no one's, like, freaking out, like, oh, this guy's going to be the RB1. But, you know, we're looking at, you know, DLF ADP. And he's right now RB15 off the board in Dynasty. And to me, that just doesn't make any more any sense. There's uh, plenty of younger running backs behind him. I think, you know, first of all, like, just going right into it, age. I mean, we're talking about this guy. Aaron Jones is... 27 years old, almost 28. He'll be 28 midway through the season uh, by the end of the season. So this is a guy that is at the end of his productive fantasy career. And we have A.J. Dillon up behind, who, hey, I've never been a big fan of A.J. Dillon, but I understand that A.J. Dillon's going to take targets. He's going to take rushes. He's going to take a good amount of volume. He's not going to play, you know, a true backup role. That much has been made clear through the end of last year. He's going to be a true, uh, you know, 1B to Aaron Jones, I think. So, you know, that just limits Aaron Jones' ceiling. Yes, I know Devontae Adams is gone, which means Aaron Jones is more likely to catch more passes. And in the, you know, sample size without Devontae Adams, he has, you know, a bunch of points per game. But they drafted Christian Watson. Romeo Dubs is doing well. They brought in Sammy Watkins. They, they brought in weapons. They're going to replace Devontae Adams with wide receivers, not with running backs. Um, so, you know, just looking at Aaron Jones, he's going to RB15. Meanwhile, you have guys who I think are very similar dynasty value-wise, like Leonard Fournette, James Conner, Ezekiel Elliott, and all of them are in the mid to late 20s off the board. 
So what makes Aaron Jones so much more worthwhile to be a good 10 running backs ahead of those other guys? He doesn't have any age advantage on those other guys. They're all about the same age. He's probably got the most competition in his own backfield of any of those guys. Uh, maybe a Zeke with, you know, Tony Pollard back there. But I mean, I'm looking at Aaron Jones and yeah, I think he has a pretty decent year this year. You know, he, he offers some good PPR upside, but he doesn't have that, you know, great dynasty value that I'm seeing come off these 80, you know, this DLF ADP. So a guy that I'm definitely staying away from, I think he's overhyped. And, you know, if I'm going to pivot off of Aaron Jones, if I have him or if I have the chance to maybe acquire him and flip him, you know, I think the area where he goes ADP wise, actually a really sweet spot for dynasty wide receivers. You can get some really good young wide receivers with potential. And those guys are like Chris Olave, Cortland Sutton, Marquise Brown, Darnell Mooney. You can even get a contending wide receiver for your team. If you're, you know, a contending team like Keenan Allen at that point. So I would much rather move over to one of those wide receivers, whether long-term or short-term than hold on to Aaron Jones and let him die on my roster. Okay. Good point. Um, yeah, actually I agree with you. I haven't heard much about Aaron Jones this off season. So, um, but still looking at the numbers, I agree 100%. So Chev, let's actually kick it over to you. Looking at the show sheet, I want to say, first of all, I agree, but uh, I want you to tell us who you got and why. Yeah, and this is a guy that I beat the drum for when he was coming out of college. I mean, I think I was maybe – I think Porkman was also pretty high on him too just because of the shiftiness he had. I know he was getting tackled behind the line 24-7. I know Nate didn't really like him too much, but Cam Makers is a guy who's going RB16 on DLF. And to me, it's kind of like the same boat as Aaron Jones. I know Cam Akers is younger. He had that injury. That's a little worrisome. I know sports medicine, sports medicine is insane now. You can come back from any kind of injury. It seems like faster and better than what you came from. Uh, but I, I just don't see uh, the Rams being a rushing team. I just don't see them taking the ball out of Matthew Stafford's hand. I know he's had a, a little elbow injury of whatnot, but, you know, in, in college, I played baseball. And, you know, you, you pop 2,000 milligrams of, of Tylenol, you'll be ready to go. Uh, so uh, sports medicine is coming a long way, by the way. 2,000 milligrams not going to get the job done. Uh, they got a lot more better medicine now. But I, I just think Matthew Stafford is going to be a guy that controls the football. I don't think they're going to rush the ball as much as what people may think. And I know Henderson is still there as well, and he'll take some touches away. And I, I just – I just can't imagine them paying Matthew Stafford that much money and just saying, no, you know, your elbow's not that great. We're just going to run the football. I just don't see that happening. I think Cam Akers is a good running back, but I just think there's going to be not as much production from the running back. It's not a Todd Gurley offense anymore, I guess I should say. But I, I really like Cam Akers, but for where he's going at right now, i much rather have like a Michael Pittman any of the names that Nate threw out there because they're kind of going around the same slot. Uh, I mean, who else do I have on here? DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson. I think those guys have more production uh, than Cam Akers this upcoming year. Chef, just out of curiosity, with Matthew Stafford's elbow injury popping up in camp, are you worried about that? You know, I know you said it's a Stafford offense. I still think it's going to be as well. But do you think the best way to alleviate any elbow concerns is to hand the ball off more? Or do you just think that even if they do that, it's still not going to be all cam? We still have four weeks of preseason left, basically. 
So I think give them four weeks to light throwing. We know Matthew Stafford can sling the football. There's no question about that. Give him a little break every now and again. I mean, they've been throwing the football a lot, I imagine, in camp, trying to get all these new receivers uh, caught on quickly with Allen Robinson going there. So I'm sure they're trying to work on their chemistry as well. So I, I don't worry about it too much, man. I think that offense is is going to be rolling on all cylinders when it comes down to the regular season. I don't think Matthew Stafford is going to be in very much trouble unless he takes a weird hit or somebody – smacks the ball of his hand while he's throwing. I don't think it's going to be a really a big problem. Maybe they run the ball more, but I just don't see it being as productive. Um, and I think they're going to throw the football, man. I just don't see how they don't use Matthew Stafford again like they did last season. Yeah, personally for me, I feel like the Rams are one of those offenses like the 49ers or the old school Broncos. You put somebody back there and they're going to be productive as long as they're healthy. So I'm not worried about that either. But I, I agree. I think Cam's overhyped. So let's get to mine now. Um, Kenneth Walker. A little bit. And here's why I like Kenneth Walker, but running back 16 right now and keep trade cut. Uh DLF, he's at running back 22. So Rashad Penny is actually healthy. He's actually looking good in Seahawks camp as well. Something that we're not used to seeing. And you know, Seattle, Seahawks. Since Marshawn Lynch left, they've just been rotating backs in and out. So I don't know if they're really ever going to stick with a one-back system. They tried with Chris Carson. Just never seemed to work out. He got banged up a lot. You know, we had uh, Alex Collins. You know, he always had guns in his trunk. Travis Homer, DJ Dallas did a not much, but he was there. Um, he did catch a couple passes, I think, had a couple nice runs. Um, so I just think this is kind of an overhype for one season to be honest with you. For right now, I think he's up hyped a little bit too much. Next year, this might be accurate. Uh, let's see here. The One thing I wanted to bring up too, first team snap percentage, and I saw a tweet here, and this is from Justin Cohen, and you could find him at Bad Boy of Scoops. And the first team snap percentage through training camp, this was as of last night, which was August 8th, for clarity. Rashad Penny, 92% of snaps, first team. Kenneth Walker the third, 8%. So it seems to me like right now, the guy you might want, if you want to see out a running back, believe it or not, is Rashad Penny. Does that feel weird to hear? It does. It's really weird, isn't it? It's extremely weird. He, he just hasn't been he hasn't been that guy. He finished strong, but is is he going is that going to be something that's going to be sustainable throughout a full season? With, we with Penny, time. have you ever doubted the talent? Mm-mm. Not no, super much. The it's talent. it's yeah. just been an injury issue. I mean, yeah. there's that possibility that we see in Seattle what's happening in Green Bay right now. Maybe Penny gets a little extension. Then, you, you know, we're just left wondering who's going to be the guy. And the answer is both of them just to a lesser degree than what we want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rashad Penny last season, I think his last game was against the Cardinals in the regular season. And I mean, dude went off. I mean, had like 150 yards and two or three touchdowns. So the talent is there, man. I, I love Rashad Penny coming out. I think he had, I think he was a good bouncing off tackles kind of player. Somebody that is just electric when the ball's in his hands, hard to get him down. Uh, so Penny, I mean, to me, that's a Seattle Seahawks running back if they wanted one. I mean, that's the guy that I think they're probably going to favor early on, like you said. But Kenneth Walker, he's going he's gonna to get his. When he gets in the game, mm-hmm. he's going to see some electricity going off, man. All right. Well, I still think, like I said, just for him being a rookie, a bit too much right now. Next year, this would be more appropriate. But, yeah. Phil, let's go to you. Who is your overhyped running back? 
currently am why all right so um for me it might be a little polarizing um because he's so high in the rankings but i'm gonna go with deandre swift um i know coming out uh, me and mike were scouting him there's something about him that we just didn't see and from a rushing standpoint um, it just seemed like he was going to get the extra yards. And this, um, I think I'm starting to see that in the Detroit offense. Um, we also seen the two seasons that he played. He's only played in 13 full seasons, full games. Um, that's not really good. He's been ha- battling injuries and whatnot. Um, from a rushing standpoint, he's only had, I think, 4.2 uh, yards of carry, which isn't good at all. Um, I don't want that in my, my wide receiver three um, as a ranking. So when it comes down to it, um, to me, he seems like just a glorified um, third down back for me. And that's something as a a running back three. I don't I don't want that. Um, You can get guys like a Javante Williams when they're saying reports saying he's going to get 70 to 65 percent of the the touches and Melvin Gordon will get the rest of it. Um, And I see him as a better running back. He runs stronger. He can catch the ball at the backfield. And that, that's just something um, that I don't want out of my wide receiver three. Um, so um, I know there's some notes in here. There's pretty much an RB10 and PPR uh, points per game score in 2022 and never finished above. Um, and the RB15 on the season, based, playing 13 games um, in 2020 and 2021. Um, so I'd rather have someone who's going to give me more consistent uh consistent uh, pr- uh, fancy points from week to week than giving me those boom games. I know he had um, 100 yards back in back-to-back games, but then he seemed to go back to the norm. Um, he had 130 yards against Pittsburgh and then 136 yards against Cleveland and then got hurt the next week. Um, that's not what I want uh, for my fantasy team. I just want some consistency. Uh, so around the rankings that, that's around him, give me, uh, give me a CD Lamb. 23 years old, wide receiver three. I'll take him. I'll even take an older Cooper Cup, who's, yes, he's 29 years old, but he's still going to pr- give you production with the Matt Stafford, with that chemistry. Um, so, and if I want some either other running backs, you can give me a younger Brees Hall, even though people say he's droppable now that Makai Becton is injured. But that's a joke. Um, but <laughs> when, it, when it comes down to it, yeah, T. Higgins, Debo Samuel is near him. Even... Um, um, I'll take a Najee Harris over him, even though Najee is the RB2. Um, someone might like a Swift over a Najee just for, you know, saying they has the worst offensive line. You can do a clean swap there for some people. So, yeah, I, I, Swift is a little bit further down in my ring because I know Maddie will probably kill me when he hears this. <laughs> but, you know, that's just, just my pure opinion. I'm just one of the things where I'll stay on brand and not mention Antonio Gibson like I just did. Uh, there it is i do want to say that my pivot i forgot to mention before from kenneth walker would be someone like an elijah mitchell who is also garnering most of the first team reps in uh san francisco camp and um tyron davis price listed at number four in the depth chart i do bring that up because of this i wanted to see who the third string back was in case um gordon got hurt just curious here but then i got intrigued the fifth string running back in Denver is Washington State's very own Max Borgie. So look out for the yes. PPR upside. He got also, signed last week. Also, Jeez. Adam Shaheen has been traded uh, to the Houston Texans. So I'm looking for all the Adam Shaheen waiver claims that we're going to see. <laughs> Chef's boy. <laughs> yeah, one of them. One of them. 
One of the many yeah. times. <laughs> All right. So one last thing before we head out here, this is something I thought about putting him as my, my guy, but I just think overall it would be better for us to talk about this. Brees Hall is currently running back nine on DLF, running back six on keep trade cut. Too high, too low, just right. Personally, I think uh, these people are wilding a little bit. <laughs> yes. yes there you go. Right. Throwback. You know, he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. He does not have a defined role like Najee Harris did coming in where we knew he was going to be the guy from day one. And right now we're hearing things that he's the third running back on the depth chart. I know Michael Carter was first. Was it Ty Johnson that was second? Is that who it yeah, was? I think so. I think, right. I think so. Okay. You know, us fantasy players are going to go, why would Ty Johnson be second? Ty Johnson is a guy that comes in, does everything the coach asks him to do. Is it sexy? No. He moves no. the chains. He blocks. He does what he's asked to do. It's just that easy. So, Personally, these reports are BS. What's that? Say, uh, these reports of death chart is all BS, man. Absolutely. I know. For all these rookies, it's all BS. It's going to shake out. You know, they always push the rookies down a little bit unless they're like a super high draft pick and there's there's a defined yeah. role. Look at Najee, like I said. So I still think running back nine is just a bit too high for me. bit too rich. Nate, you disagree? You're, you're good? Yeah, I'm good with that. This is dynasty. Okay. You get running backs for three, four years. Mm-hmm. You better get him as a rookie. You better get him as a second-year player. But good luck with that because they're probably going to increase in ADP by that point. You, I mean, you're looking at look at the last couple of running backs to come out top of their class: Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris. All these guys get better for their second year in ADP. They get more expensive. Brees Hall, yeah, he might not be a top. You might have him be an RB1 this year, but he's going to continue to be an RB1 in Dynasty going forward. He's a guy that can handle a full workload. He can catch passes. He can run between the tackles. He's a guy that Robert Sala and the Jets are going to rely on. They drafted him to do that. And if you're not taking him in the top 10 of running backs in Dynasty, you are missing out. And yes, there's a chance he busts. But in, mm-hmm. if you're going to spend a pick on a young running back, if you're going to spend a pick on a running back at all in Dynasty, you might as well pick a young one because you only get them for a couple of years. If you want you know, to go all in, sure, you don't need to get Brees Hall. But if you're drafting your startup draft to go all in, you're doing it wrong. Okay. Chef Pork, I, what do you guys think? I, I, I kind of – I'm kind of in between the both of you guys, to be honest with you. I think I think sometimes with me, I don't get too enthralled with age too much because I just want to win now. I understand the dynasty aspect of it, but I think RB9, if we're looking at the list of running backs on there, there's a couple guys that I kind of want over over Brees Hall. Just like Joe Mixon. Like a Joe Mixon. You and want Joe Mixon over Brees Hall in Dynasty. I, I'm going to take Not Joe talking redraft, Dynasty. You want I'm Joe under, Mixon. I understand what you're saying. I know Joe what you're Mixon. saying. I know there's an age gap. I get what you're saying totally. But with a, with a, with a redone offensive line, I even take a Saquon, who's he's four years older. This is his second year um, after his ACL uh, reconstruction. He's four years. He's, he's, still, he's 25 years old, and he still can ball. I'm taking him over uh, a team, uh, uh, Brees Hall, who's on the Jets, who I'm not really sure how their offensive line is going to look. Shoot, I'm not sure how their offense is going to look, to be honest with you. 
Have you seen and the Giants' I, offensive I, line? I want. I understand what you're saying, but <laughs> I believe <laughs> I believe in the Saquon Barkley talent over a Brees Hall talent. So that's just me personally. That's how I play. I play to win. I'm not trying to play for the next year or the year after. In, in that case, if we're in a startup draft with no rookie draft, so I would let him fall a little bit lower. But I understand what you're saying that he is younger. But how how much more are we going to have to wait to see him to 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 break out in that case in that situation? Chef, what are your thoughts here? I think the RBs get pretty ugly in uh, these mock drafts that we do around the third round. And if I can get Brees Hall in the third round and young, talented, catching the football, knack for the end zone. I mean, when you score 20 plus touchdowns in college each season, rushing the football, like that's just not going to go away when you go to the NFL. This guy's going to find the end zone. And I mean, Michael P. Ryan, who knows? Maybe he'll resurrect his career. <laughs> Maybe Michael Carter will be a guy that <laughs> can figure it out and, but I just don't believe it. I think they believe in Brees Hall, and I think he's a guy that has to be a pivotal part of their offense if Zach Wilson wants to be productive. And that's their that's their starting QB. If you have a good running game, that helps you out so much in the long run. And I think they understood that when they drafted Brees Hall. All right. Brees Hall, RB9. Do you think that goes up, down, stays the same next offseason? I think it dips a little bit because yeah, I feel like his role is not year. going to be what we want it to be. Mm-hmm. It's going to dip and then he's going to take on more of a role and it comes back up the year after. That's what I think happens. So you're saying Javante Williams, who didn't have the role we wanted him to be, who's now the RB four. And that that's, I mean, is, is <laughs> Javante Williams that much better than Brees Hall? Well, I think part of that was I say yes. Is Melvin Gordon that much worse than Michael Carter? What I'm what I'm saying is Melvin Gordon left because they didn't re-sign him right away. So it appeared as though Javante was going to get the full workload. Mm-hmm. That's the I th- I'm just going off what I think other people are speculating on. That's all. I'm not telling you I th- I agree or disagree. That's just I'm your opinion, to- Nate. Jeez. No, I think but I think next year with this with this draft class that's coming out too, that's that's gonna be I do agree with that. I was actually actually going to mention that about some of the other running backs that we've talked about. There's going to be four or five guys that are going to come in and immediately be, you know, at least top 20 running backs in dynasty. And they're going to push some of these guys down certainly. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know if if Brees Hall gets, you know, in the top five territory next year, but I think he stays top 10, top 12 running back. He's about right where I think he's going to be at next year. Honestly, guys, guess what? Oh no. Michael Piran has the same birthday as me. What? How we just now? Holy finding... crap! January thirtieth, <laughs> baby. Turn up! Holy cow! I don't really like turnips, but my wife makes turnip fries sometimes, and it's like oh, I can do without them. Oh, you turn, turn up. up? Okay, I got you. Does anyone else have anything else to add to overranked running backs? <laughs> I think, Nothing at all. I think <laughs> Swift is going to be surprising this year. I think he hasn't had the production, man. I just think 150 rushes—that's not enough for him. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Hopefully, I think the Lions can win seven to eight games. I think they're that good this year, man. I think people are sleeping on the Lions. I think people are sleeping on Jared Goff as a whole. Mm-hmm. They're sleeping on that offense. That offense is vastly improved, man. Yep. I really think so. Like people are hating on Goff. I love Goff as a QB two three in Superflex. I love Goff too. Yeah, I oh, love. Geez. I have played Goff zero times this year. Who's right. like, I'm just ready to give it up. My wife playing so much shit on the weekends that. 
I'm just going to sell my clubs. <laughs> Come on, Jenna. <sighs> okay. So we're going to head on out of here, but got to bring the show sheet back up. Come on, Mike. Shout out to the Fantasy Gazette. Hey, Fantasy Gazette. Shout out to the Fantasy Gazette. It's satire, people. No, it's real. It's real to me. <laughs> it's real to me. <laughs> All right. So before I head out, I do want to say make sure you head on over to Underdog Best Ball. 100% price match for up to $100 right now. SeatGeek, $20 off your first purchase. Hey, it's more than just sporting events, too. Concerts, anything else you want to go to, SeatGeek.com. Promo code Dynasty Rewind. Make sure you head on over to Viridian to get some awesome Dynasty Rewind swag. Use promo code Rewinder for 10% off all gear. And for Chev, Fork, and Nate, I'm your host, Michael Bauer, everyone. Until next time, be kind, please rewind. Thanks for listening. Woo!